Welcome to Cocktails and Capital, the working on your business podcast that feels more like grabbing a drink with your best friend. I'm your host, Sarah Tatum, that best friend. I'm the owner of Tatum Accounting, where we invite our clients to take a vacation from their bookkeeping. In this podcast, I'm going to give it to you straight. Talking points and vague tips, we don't do that here. There's a bunch of noise out there in the entrepreneur community, especially when it relates to finances. And when you're trying to run your business, you just don't have time for that. And I know that you would rather be doing literally anything other than recording expenses and logging into your accounting software. So I'm bringing you practical advice without any of the fluff, just like your best friend would. So turn the volume up, grab your gin and tonic, and let's dive into this week's theme. Hi, welcome to episode 30 of Cocktails and Capital. Uh, in this case, it's more like coffee and capital because it is nine o'clock in the morning and we're flying out again today, tonight to Kansas City to go to a wedding for a whirlwind weekend in Kansas City. Not exactly a destination wedding, but um, my husband's sister is getting married this weekend. So we're flying out, uh, my best friend and I are flying out to attend the wedding together. So all the coffee is what we're going to have today. And I think this podcast is generally more of a coffee and uh, capital podcast than a cocktails and capital. I have thought about renaming the podcast, but I think we're in too deep at this point. So, but you guys let me know what you think. I would love to get your opinion on that one. This has also been a bit of a week just to catch you guys up. I, uh, if you, if you didn't know, I went on a three week vacation to Europe to go see my husband who is currently deployed and we had a really, really, really wonderful time. Uh, we did a couple of stops in Germany and then we went to Austria and then we were in Rome. I posted um, a few times over on my Instagram story and there is a highlight reel for those posts on Instagram. Um, but still working through going through all the pictures that I took and we'll be posting those eventually at some point. I'm really terrible about posting on social. So, so sorry about that. But it was a really, uh, really wonderful time. And I am so grateful for the team that I have in place in order to make such a trip happen. It was like I wasn't even gone. Everybody that I had on board, assistant and bookkeeper, handled all of our clients perfectly, handled all social media perfectly. Um, everything went smoothly. And I could actually take a break from the business and not even look at my emails for two weeks, which was amazing. Never thought I would get to that point in this business, especially at it only being three years old. We just had our three-year anniversary on the 8th, but it um, was kind of life-changing and it was a big eye-opener for me. So today, what I want to talk about with you guys revolves all around that. And we're going to talk about how you can know if you can afford an employee, what you need to have in place before you hire an employee, and just kind of give you an overall 
overview of uh, how having an employee in your business might work out for you. So we're going to take a real quick break. I'm going to drink some more coffee and then we're going to dive right into that. Are you ready to take a vacation from your bookkeeping, but your business is not quite there yet? At Tatum Accounting, we have plans that scale with your business, making them affordable at every stage. For the business owner who needs help with their accounting, but maybe is not ready to completely outsource their books, check out our new Office Hours package. With Office Hours, you get access to our private Facebook group filled with educational resources, webinars, and tools to make managing your books so much easier. The best part? Private, weekly, one-on-one support. Jump on weekly calls with an accountant to discuss anything and everything. Pricing, expenses, QuickBooks. We're here to get your questions answered. For just $150 a month, sign up for our office hours by visiting tatumaccounting.com forward slash office dash hours. Or visit our show notes for the link. Now, let's get back to the episode. All right, so real quick, we're going to go over employee versus contractor. Again, I know we've done it a few times, but it's super important and relevant to this episode, so we're going to go over it again real quick. So employee, anybody that you're putting on payroll and they get a W-2 from you at the end of the year, contractor is going to give you a W-9 and they are going to be 1099 at the end of the year. So how do we figure out who's an employee and who's a contractor? That's going to be the ABC test for independent contractors. So A is going to be absence of control. B is if the person contractor is usually in this line of work as a business. And then C, if the contractor is uh, customarily engaged and in control. So they are in control of their rate. They're in control of the work that they produce. Contractor, you're in control of the rate you're paying and in control of the work that they're producing. Employee, blanket statement there. This is one of the more heavily targeted areas by the IRS. So we do want to make sure that we're always on the right side of employee versus contractor. So this is definitely an important issue and one I will probably go over a thousand times more before this podcast ceases to exist. So what are we going to consider when we're looking to hire an employee? We're trying to figure out if we're ready for this. There's a lot of administrative work that needs to be done before you hire an employee. And there is a fair amount of financial obligation when you're hiring an employee as well. So we definitely want to take a look at both of those. On the financial side, obviously the first thing that you want to figure out is how much you're going to pay this person. The easiest way to do that is going to be to go on to job websites and see if there are similar jobs um, open and job descriptions that match what you're looking for and see how much people are going to be paying those um, employees that they hire. And just get an overall like feel for the market, for the current employee market. Right now, hiring an employee can be a little bit of a scary thought. A lot of people are noticing since the pandemic that they can have more freedom with work, they can work from home, and that they can get paid more for the work that they're doing, that they're worth more, their value is worth more. Um, And I totally agree. So what we did is, what I did at the time, because it was just me, is I did the market survey, and I noticed that a lot of bookkeepers were being paid about 18 to $20 an hour. Um, we upped it to $25 an hour. And I found that that gave me probably the best bookkeeper that I could find out on my staff. And we also added in some good benefits like vacation um, and paid training, things that might be taken advantage of, but they don't have to be taken advantage of. 
which is going to lead me into my next point here with benefits. Benefits sound scary. They sound expensive, especially health insurance, dental insurance, life insurance, all those things. Depending on the size of your business and the status of your employee, if they're full-time or part-time, you do not have to offer those types of benefits. Um, If you have a retirement plan for yourself, you might have to offer the ability to enroll in that retirement plan, or you may be required to enroll them in your retirement plan. Again, depending on the type that you have for your own business, if you're self-employed. So those are all things to discuss with your tax preparer. However, the flip side of these benefits is that they are tax deductible for you. So if you did decide to offer health insurance, it's tax deductible for you as the business owner for your contribution to the health insurance. Same thing goes with payroll taxes. They also sound scary and expensive, but your contribution on the side of federal payroll taxes is deductible. The amount that the employee is paying is not deductible because you are really just a middleman when it comes to employee taxes. The amount is withheld from the employee paycheck. It sits in an account and then the payroll processing company will uh, pay it out again for you. It does not affect you really in any way. So you can't take a deduction for the employee portion of the taxes. The other thing to consider, especially if you have employees working for you in site is insight on site is workers' compensation. This is super, super important. It is legally required by most states. Um, There are different rules for every single state. So definitely check out your state's laws when it comes to workers' compensation and make sure you're following the letter of the law there. A lot of times your payroll provider will assist you in kind of guiding you on that. And then the final thing for financial is going to be your liability insurance, your professional liability insurance. If you're someone like me running a bookkeeping business or an accounting firm, or if you're providing services, like if you are an attorney and you're hiring another attorney, you have to let your errors and omissions insurance know that you're hiring somebody. And you also need to let your general liability know because they are now going to be responsible for not just covering your errors and omissions or your mistakes. They're going to be responsible for covering your employee as well. And if you did not let them know that you have one beforehand, it can create a ton of issues for you if you ever need to file a claim. So definitely make sure you're letting everybody know that you have an employee and that way you guys are covered if anything ever happens. Now, if we move into the HR considerations, the human resources side of things, it's really just a lot of paperwork, um, but it's paperwork that you have to be prepared for. So there is always the ability to do an offer letter for your employee. It's not required, but it is nice to send out to people so that way you have a kind of a formal agreement between the two of you as to the rate of pay, the start date, the terms, any acknowledgement of two weeks notice given to prior employers, et cetera, et cetera. Then we have the employment agreement. Again, I did not do an employment agreement just to be completely transparent. The employment agreement is kind of sealed for us when it's in an email um, and they agree to start working, right? Um, But there's not really a contract you can sign with your employee, hold them to it in that manner. If somebody decides that they don't want to show up for work, then it just is what it is, right? You just have to go find somebody else. I, I think if you tried to pursue like an actual legal action as a small business owner, it would cost you more than it would cost to try to find somebody else. That's not legal advice. That's just my opinion. So we did um, an offer letter, but we did not do an employment agreement. Again, in the um, interest of full transparency. 
The one thing that I did do is I created an employee handbook and it outlines everything. PTO policy, expectations of hours worked, the definition of part-time versus full-time, and to let us know if you're ever breaching that, how often in advance we require notice of, you know, time off or just an appointment or anything, which is always flexible, but just so that we know that somebody else needs to step in and handle the clients for that day. So the employee handbook is the big one. That is absolutely what I would create if I were hiring a new employee and make sure that I had on hand for them to sign as soon as they started working. The other thing that you're going to need on your end are tax documents. So depending on what state you're in, if your state has state income tax, you may have to file for a state withholding number. Virginia, where we are, has both state withholding and state unemployment. All states that I'm aware of are going to have state unemployment. I could be wrong on that one, but every state that I've come into contact with has state unemployment. So you do have to register for unemployment insurance within your state. And you do also have to register for a federal employer identification number if you don't have one for your business already. But that is going to be where all of your um, federal withholding is processed, Medicare, Social Security, and federal unemployment as well. So you're going to have to have your EIN, your federal employer identification number, your state tax identification number, your state unemployment insurance account number, and your withholding rate, which the state will give you. And then from your employee, you're going to need a I-9, which is the verification of authorization to work in the U.S., um, you're going to need a W-4, which is their tax withholding form. And then you're probably going to need a state W-4 if your state has income tax, as most do. There are only nine states that don't, so most of them will require a state W-4. And then you're probably going to have to get them to sign a direct deposit authorization form unless you want to cut checks. But nobody wants to cut checks in this day and age, so... Those are all some considerations to have, just a bunch of paperwork that needs to be had. Your I-9 and your W-4, all those federal documents do have to be kept on hand for a certain amount of time. Um, the IRS has great guidelines on that, and we will put a link for those guidelines in show notes so you can quickly reference them. But you want to keep those in a very secure place. You can keep them on a hard drive. You can keep them in a file cabinet, but you do have to keep them somewhere where you can easily access them if you're ever audited. Finally, the third thing that we need to consider when we're hiring somebody is probably my favorite part of the process, but operations. So this is all your procedures, your policies, everything that is going to help you in training that employee and in making that employee's life easier for the duration of time that they're working for you. So the easiest way to conduct your training is honestly to just ask the employee how they learn. So what we did when I hired our bookkeeper is I sat down and I asked her exactly how she preferred to learn the job that she was doing. She is states away from me. So it's not like we could sit down together and go over every client in person. But what we did is we spent a couple of days running through all of the clients and their needs. I had task lists broken down in Asana, our project management software. And I just ran through all the tasks with her and showed her who gets what, based on what package they have. And exactly how to do the work. She already had bookkeeping experience, so it's not like I had to train her on the actual process of bookkeeping, but just a general grasp of who gets what and how the intricacies of each client work. So we took about two days to do that, and then we spent the next week 
pretty much just on Zoom together and co-working so that whenever she would run through a client, we could either do it together or she could do it really quickly. We have some small ones that don't require a ton. I could be easily available for questions, just like as if we were in an office and she was sitting right next to me. But it allowed me to continue to get my work done while also having somebody else start taking over all the other work. So that worked out super well for the training. I highly recommend that you ask people how they like to learn, how they like to be trained, and then develop your plan kind of around that. You also want to make sure that you have a good job description when you're posting the actual ad for the job, but you also want to take that job description and use it during the length of employment because you want to have something that identifies the scope of work for your employee. You want that specifically so that they know what your expectations are and you can refer back and know what you told them that your expectations were of them. So if you start throwing things out from left field and it becomes something that they're not trained on, they can kind of rope you back in and say, hey, I actually was never trained on this. It's not in my job description. And if you do want them to start doing something that's not in their job description, you have to account for that in their rate of pay. To be a good employer, you have to pay people for the work that they're doing. So that job description is going to kind of serve as a system of checks and balances for both you and your employee. And job descriptions kind of go hand in hand with job expectations. That is going to outline the um, level of work that the employee puts out and also the time that the employee spends on clients and things like that. The best way to keep track of the amount of time that they spend on clients or on a product is have them clock in and clock out. If you have the ability, if you're a service provider and you have multiple clients, if you have the ability to have a time tracker that allows them to identify who they're working on at one time, that is super helpful for A, determining how much time they're spending, but B, also determining your profitability level on a per client basis. So that's all my tips for operations. Now, a couple of things to keep in mind when you're going to hire somebody kind of ties in with the financial side of everything. When you are figuring out if you can afford an employee, you're going to add up your rate of pay based on the amount of hours that you want them to work and put that on a monthly scale and then multiply it by one and a half. That is the amount of money it's generally going to cost in order to hire somebody. When you are debating on replacing somebody, think about multiplying that number by three. It costs three times more money to replace somebody than to hire somebody. And so we want to make sure that uh, we hire somebody that is going to work out wonderfully the first time. And obviously you can't always guarantee that, but there is definitely some ways to avoid that during the hiring process. I'm not an HR professional, so can't give too much advice on that. But if you look at the Society of Human Resource Management, they have really great tips on their website. And then finally, what are we going to do to financially prepare for this new person? First thing we're going to do is we're going to create a budget for hiring people. I know that sounds super thrilling, but you're, <laughs> you're going to take that same rate of pay, figure out how much you're going to be paying that employee, how much your taxes are going to be. If you do want to pay any benefits, factor in that cost as well. Factor in your time for training that person, any equipment that they might need, and so on and so on. So we're going to create a budget. You're going to look at your revenue for the last year. It's obviously grown. That's why you're thinking of hiring somebody. But project it out for the next year as well and make sure that you can afford to keep that person on 
for a good amount of time. The worst thing that could happen is you hire somebody and then we didn't project our revenue. We didn't look at the trends and all of a sudden all of our revenue disappears and we have to let that person go. Finally, with that projection of revenue and the uptake of new expenses, see if you can cut out some of your other expenses, trim some fat, make room for unexpected overtime, or maybe they work more hours than you originally anticipated. So see if it comes down to it, if there's anything you can cut, see if your systems that you have now are going to support an employee. You're also probably going to have to add new users onto your original subscriptions. So that is an additional expense. So we're going to have to budget, forecast, and trim the fat somewhere. So that is all my tips for figuring out if you want to hire your first employee and if you can afford it. If you guys have any questions about any of this, please feel free to send me a message on Instagram or send me an email or wherever you would like to find me. I'm always available. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and follow Tatum Accounting on Instagram. You can also do us a huge favor by leaving a review. It's the best way to support us. Let's catch up next week. Same time, same place.